The year, 2021. The date, October 31st. Halloween, but not a happy one. Because on this most unholy of holidays, the inevitable has finally happened. The zombie apocalypse is upon us. And each of us is faced with a choice. Do we fight for our survival? To maintain our humanity? Or do we give in to the hordes of the undead and become a zombie ourselves? Welcome to this special Halloween edition of Indubitably. Today we'll be exploring potentially the most important question that you can ask yourself in the next few days. Given the inevitability of the zombie apocalypse, would you rather remain a human or become a zombie? We'll be talking survival strategies, zombie anatomy, and some philosophical questions of life, morality, and cannibalism? And for that conversation today, we are going to be joined by a friend of the podcast, Mr. Rob Margison, who is our resident apocalypse aficionado. Yes, yes, I have a degree in apocalyptic studies from a university that I won't name because I couldn't think of one on the spot. <laughs> Harvard, 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 the, the Harvard <laughs> school of, of rotting flesh, the, the Harvard school of zombinity, Zom, zombie studies and, <laughs> and basketball. And of course, Kelly to, to balance things out as usual, my co-host Kelly is here with us as well. Hello. So I think the first question for the topic is what, what team are we on? Are we team human? Or are we team zombie? Oh, are we who we support or who we'd rather be in this scenario? I, uh, yeah, so zombie apocalypse is upon us okay. and uh, the world is ending. And I, I guess let's say in our hypothetical situation, you've got the choice somehow to just become a zombie. Let's say no pain, just okay. you're a zombie now, or you can maintain your humanity and fight it out and see what happens. I am, however, curious about the potential argument of like being pro zombie and that like I'm rooting for them. Rooting for. <laughs> so if that's a discussion we should have, maybe I'd be interested to hear how that goes too. Yeah, I would, I would have that discussion. Well, I'm, I'm I'm team zombie at this point, given the the choice of being a zombie or having to fend off a, a army of zombies. I uh, I think I'd prefer to be in that army of zombies. <laughs> All right, Kelly, how about you? Um, I am so attached to this mortal coil. I absolutely need to stay being a human. All right. All right. You know, I, I don't know. I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to just kind of take advantage of my position as moderator here and, and not force myself into a camp. Maybe by the end of the discussion, I'll change my mind. But uh, for right now, I'm going to stay, I'm going to say neutral. I suppose I've played a lot of video games and, and it tells me these zombies always win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yes. there's, there's been enough movies out there where the humans come through on top that maybe I have hope. And, and that actually brings up an interesting point. Depending on what movie you're watching or book you're reading, zombies can look very different. So for the purposes of our discussion, maybe it's best that we clarify up front, what is a zombie? I think if you kind of trace the trajectory of a zombie representation in film over the years, uh, starts off with kind of the slow dragging the foot uh, you know zombie that you can easily outrun mm-hmm. um, but for some reason the uh, 
various protagonists in movies don't manage to outrun them. <laughs> uh, and, um, and then, uh, uh, again, the, being the zombie expert in this conversation, um, we could go to like uh, World War Z, the, the mm-hmm. movie, um, where mm-hmm. we started to kind of get introduced to the uh, hyper-athletic zombie that can uh, chase you down and, and climb over, you know, defenses and, and punch through walls and whatnot. And so, and then the horrible movie I was referencing earlier, Army of the Dead, we started to see uh, zombies with some semblance of intelligence, critical thinking, uh, the ability to strategize. Um, I mean, that movie is so bad. We can take those zombies out of the conversation. I'm thinking of, uh, I'm thinking also of the Will Smith movie. Was it I am legend? That wasn't a zombie. Technically those were a medical accident. Mm. Yeah. Uh, isn't that like the way place that a lot of zombies come from? And, and to be fair, like realistically in the world we're in now, if we're going to get zombies, that might be how we get them. I mean, there's there's the historical origins of zombies. I mean, if we're going to get like really nerdy about this, I used to read quite a bit on zombies because I have like a legitimate fear that it's going to feed into a lot of this discussion today. <laughs> but a lot of the um, the cultural creation of what is a zombie comes from like um, the Caribbean and a lot mm-hmm. of the like hybridized religions of all these different people who are thrown together living on islands and the uh, idea of that type of origin, literally mm. waking up the actual dead type mm. of thing. So I don't think that I am legend scenario really feeds into what we should consider as like a traditional approach to zombieism. But I mean, I take your point, they kind of like operate as we would conceive a zombie to operate. You know, maybe uh, for, for people who haven't listened yet and are interested in a real episode, not that this one's not real, we did do the episode on mandatory vaccination and maybe that's an argument that we missed against mandatory vaccination everybody who's getting vaccinated right now a year from now who knows what we're going to end up as yeah that's uh, that's the argument on the QAnon boards as, <laughs> yeah. as, uh, as someone who uh, checks them somewhat frequently for giggles um, that you, <laughs> it sounds not... like it might be an argument on the Josh and on boards too <laughs> i'm just trying to i'm just trying to think of all i'm trying to cover all the bases here so how about this how about we say you know we've got the traditional zombie um, not super athletic. It's not going to be jumping over fences or anything, but I think the interesting question is, you know, how much, what level of consciousness do they have? And what about, I mean, I think a fair standard would be like a dog. <laughs> okay. I'm going to take issue with that too. So if you have read world war Z, the book mm. before it became a movie. Yeah, and, which the movie doesn't look anything like the book. No, it doesn't. And <laughs> uh, uh, the zombie survival guide, basically the brain function of a zombie is described as being very, very like lizard brain. So they can move, they can consume. I don't know about the digestion, but they can consume. So they, they basically go off of like really, really like basic functions of maybe I don't know, like a virus or something very like one objective, which is to like consume and, and, or maybe like a kind of like a virus replicate itself spread Mm. as a contagion. So I don't know how much more credit we want to give them for consciousness than that, but I'm willing to hear what people say. Well, I mean, just to make things fair for team zombie over there. Right. So if they aren't able to consume, do you think that that do you think that that bothers them? Or if they are able to consume, do you think that they get some sort of pleasure out of that? Like a lizard's got to be happy when it's eating, right? 
Sure. I I mean, we can bring Aristotle into this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Who, uh, who says that the, uh, the non-human animals uh, and human animals share, a, you know, a vegetative part of the brain, which is the part of the brain that just operates on sustaining life. Mm-hmm. That, uh, you know, and maybe zombies have that part of their brain, which is just, I have to eat because I have to eat to survive. And I'm not upset when I don't eat. And I'm not happy when I do. I just, my what little functioning part of my brain that is left is telling me that it's what I have to do in order to uh, live to zombie on another day. Mm. I'd give them that. I, if if, right, if we're right. going to give them any brain at all, I'd give them that. Okay. I, that's your side. Your team, your team zombie. So I mean, I, I'm, I'm not worried about the thinking part. I'm, I'm good all to right. go. With, uh, there's other reasons to be, uh, <laughs> want to be a zombie. I'm so curious now because yeah. of the thinking part, I don't really know how you would assess your quality of life, but <laughs> yeah. So speaking of, uh, speaking of quality of life, I think the first, the first issue that team human has to deal with is how are you going to live? How are you like, you, you know, you want to be a human, like what Kelly, what is your life expectancy in this situation? We need to build a wall and it has to be built quickly. Okay. For me, like status quo, not great. I'll, I'll admit I am a person who is very much a 60 degree Fahrenheit to 75 degree Fahrenheit, eat three times a day, sleep adequately, have access to coffee kind of person. So I'm not (laughs) going to fare well on the like satisfaction level, but the urge to stay alive in me is so strong that um, I would probably give up a lot of the things that I enjoy in order to stay alive. Um, There might be a, I might get real bummed like the whole time, but at least I'll be alive. Mm. Not for long. Not for <laughs> long. Okay. Like come for me later. Come for me later. All right, Rob, <laughs> let, let's hear about this. Rob. How, how long is Kelly going to survive with a horde of Rob Margisons running around with their uh, lizard, with their lizard brains? Not long at all. Um, I think based on sheer numbers, um, you know, the zombies ability to replicate is, is pretty straightforward. It's not like a, you know, a zombie orgy in a gestation period of nine months, <laughs> the zombie pops out. You know, it's, uh, you find someone, you bite them, they become a zombie, and they do the same thing. So um, there's one Kelly, and there's going to be uh, and just a constantly multiplying uh, number of uh, zombie robs. And so you can, you know, you can't lock yourself in your house. The, you know, we'll get in. Um, we can punch through glass. It's not do you really think I'll be the only human, though? Well, where are you going to all congregate? So I thought about that. How are you going to get there? (laughs) Well, I've got enough gas in my car right now. There's this, there's this lookout point above the Columbia river on the gorge on the Oregon side. That is like completely every side of it has windows. So you can see anybody advancing and it kind of overlooks a a cliff. People in Oregon will know exactly what I'm talking about. Glass is, you know, glass is precarious because if they have any punching power, that's probably not going to last too long. But I actually took a little road trip out there and I was like, was that for this? Was that, was that for your zombie planning? I I drove to uh, the replica of Stonehenge that's on the Washington side of the Columbia River Gorge. And I was like, well, since I'm here, I'll also go to like this lookout point and maybe like assess like the possibility of this being a viable option in case of zombies. I mean, since I've been thinking about it. Um, So yeah, that's a possibility. How many of you can stay in that place? 
It's actually a lot larger than I thought it was. It's got multiple floors and like a full like basement with many rooms in it. I would say 50 to 100 people could easily fit in there. You bring in a year's worth of groceries with you? Yeah, all the beans. So many beans. So you just beans and more. I will never compromise the beans. That's a that's a Twitter joke for anybody. (laughs) I'm getting a strong Last of Us vibe from that. I don't know if either of you have played that game. (laughs) Yeah. So you can see us coming through the windows. That's awesome. You just uh, that means you can just see what's going to kill you now because (laughs) there's tens, there's thousands of zombies coming at you, thousands of them. And I mean, maybe you can stand on the roof and try and pick them off with a gun or something, but. A, you're going to run out of ammo eventually. And B, we're just going to keep making more zombies until we finally reach those windows and then we're we're in and you're dead. I just don't know how people, how zombies would be drawn to that place though because between it and anything else is a considerable amount of distance. Mm-hmm. Like how far can they hear? How far can they smell? I think that it's reasonably spaced out from everything else that it might stand a chance. My hypothetical, you know, escape plan here involves uh, cruise ships. I thought, I was like, okay, if you can get a little bit of a warning, like zombie apocalypse is hap- happening, you head to a harbor. I mean, I, I, I'm in California, so I got like San Francisco, uh, Long Beach Harbor. There's all these like cruise ships. You could be on a cruise ship. You go in the middle of the ocean, there's food for a decade. And I don't know, the zombies aren't going to swim into the middle well, of the ocean to find you. Depends on what like lore you believe, though. And <laughs> and and you're, you're forgetting like the number one thing that happens in those situations is there's always some dipshit who got bit by a zombie but doesn't want to admit it Mm. i'm on that cruise ship with you and then suddenly it's a cruise ship full of zombies that it's always what happens (laughs) stuck in the middle of the ocean (laughs) yeah and then you're then you're angry zombies because there's nothing to eat now because everyone's a zombie so no i mean i understand your argument kelly that you're far enough away but uh, maybe you'll live a little while there until we eventually just, uh, as we're roaming the countryside, we'll f- smell those brains because we we are attracted to the smell of fresh brain. Um, My brain's not that fresh. Let's, just <laughs> let's be real. Like a shark to blood. <laughs> okay, but but like let's okay let's let's say you you live a little while there, Kelly. Like wow, let's fuck it. Ten years. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do during those ten years? Go insane. I'm pretty excellent at doing nothing. <laughs> oh, but I, I think the pandemic almost gives us a little bit of a insight into what that would be like. You, you know, so when all of us were sort of quarantined in our houses, we could actually talk to each other. You know, we're talking on Zoom right now, video chat, etc. You know, that all got really popular. But even despite that, there was so many people, myself included, that that had a hard time just dealing with that kind of isolation and, you know, mental health issues went up on the rise and now take that and multiply it by a hundred where you don't know who's alive. You don't have electricity because the people that would be operating electrical plants are dead or zombified. You definitely don't have television or internet or, you know, if you're running on gas generators, you're not going to have gasoline. I mean, you're basically saying you're comfortable living in total isolation for as long as it takes to hide from the zombies, even if it means you have absolutely nothing to pass the time. I would rather live poorly than not live. Okay. See, I don't, I'm not, a, I'm not afraid of death 
normally. So that's probably, I'm not, I'm, I'm not afraid I'm of death. <laughs> I'm actually pretty comfortable with the idea of death, but I'm also like super attached to being alive also. Okay. So okay. like if, and when I die, if, and when I die, I, I don't think that that's going to be like the worst thing that's happened to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, grand scheme of things but i just want to stay alive as long as i can so what do you think okay this is this is us what do you guys think makes i this is a big existential question what do you guys think makes life worth living for the average person though right so the three of us you know we know where we stand on this but do you think most people share that kelly do you think like there's a certain point where most people would be like you know what this is not worth it Yeah, I don't think I can really speak on behalf of a lot of other people, but I imagine people do have some sort of bright line regarding quality of life. And when it goes too far below that line, that's when they're willing to submit to the horde of reanimated corpses. But I don't see why we need to expedite that. Like if I'm ultimately going to die one way or another, why would I hurry that process along? And that's what I think Rob needs to defend. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fair. Um, well, I'll, I'll defend it because I don't think what you're doing is really living by any standard that I, I would use to determine living. I mean, sitting in the dark, uh, prolonging life because it's something that you are able to prolong or see no reason to cut short. Um, waiting for the uh, the zombies to, from my perspective, inevitably overtake you. Uh, to me, I, that's just not a life worth living anymore is this i'm gonna sit in this space with these same 50 people for 10 years in the dark eating beans um for me it's uh, I, I, you know would i would i be thrilled to be eaten by a zombie probably not if i were human i'd probably uh take the the quicker way out before the zombies got to me mm. uh, my, my daughters have, have asked me and this is the type of question that the children ask their parents is what would i do if there was a zombie apocalypse and i always tell them you know i'd probably cook a nice steak, some, you know, some truffle mashed potatoes, steam a little broccoli, have a nice dinner and then blow my brains out because. That's not becoming a zombie. uh Right. That's, that's the like, but I'm just saying from the human perspective, I'm I'm back into my zombie persona here in a second, but. (laughs) Well, we did, we did give the option of like, you know, peacefully becoming a zombie at the beginning. Right. So that, 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 I suppose that's fair. I mean, I guess if we use Josh's model of, you know, I snap my fingers and I become a zombie so I don't have to suffer through some gruesome, um, you know, eating ritual, um, probably that's more my liking than sitting in the dark eating beans for 10 years. To me, that's just not living. So I think I think most people's answer would be, you know, Rob, you said like the same 50 people, you're kind of stuck with them. I, I would imagine that most people, if those 50 people were people like either their family or their friends, that would be the thing, right? If the question is what quality of life, you know, is worth maintaining this existence, I think if, if those 50 people are the people that you love, um, that's probably the answer um, that most people would give, right? That's that's why we want to stay alive. Or if you don't know those 50 people or those 50 turns into 20, turned into 10, turns mm-hmm. into three, I don't know very many people that I would stick with for if there's only three of us. I wouldn't even know what the, I mean, someone comes down sick with those 50 people. I wouldn't know how to care for someone. I mean, I don't think it's tranquil just sitting there meditating with the same 50 people. I think you have to deal with someone who's comes down with an illness that you, none of you have the ability to treat and don't have access to the medicine for someone comes down with something as simple as a, 
you know, an infected tooth, which, you know, back in the old days would kill someone, probably would do the same thing in the situation you're in. I mean, so I, I don't, I don't want to allow this picture of a, a blissful 10 years with the 50 people you love um, to, to expand too far here. It's, it would be pretty shitty. I mean, you're going to run into a lot of stuff that you're not prepared to deal with. Um, so, yeah, I just wouldn't do it. I mean, I just wouldn't do it. I mean, that's possibly an outcome, but I think that there are many other ways in which there are people equipped to actually survive this and not just sustain life, but actually thrive. There are some isolated communities that might do well. There are people who are homesteaders. There's people who are preppers, which is, I mean, that's a quality of life. I don't know if I can get behind, but there might be people who could actually make this like making zombies work for me, right? So <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know if that's the only scenario. My little Vista house option might not be like ideal, um, but there's there's other ways to survive a, an apocalypse. Mm. So I think, you know, it, when you watch, I'm thinking of The Walking Dead right now as the obvious example of zombie TV, right? And season one of every zombie show is human versus zombie, right? And then season two because that gets boring, always turns into human versus human. So you've got your 50 people and in the beginning, y'all are getting along and you're homesteading and you've got your doctor and you've got your cook, you know, everybody's got their little job, but you know, inevitably, or maybe it's just the movies. I mean, maybe Kelly, you don't believe this, but in the movies or the TV shows, at least somebody goes for power or you come up against the the roving band of marauders that's decided to take advantage of the apocalypse and just take what they want from whoever. So you know, what about that? Do you think if if you can survive the zombies, what's going to happen when you get into conflict with other people, either a different group or the people in your own group? So I take your point because initially I would have said there would be a way to make this work that people could get together and cooperate and like work together for the common good. But I think the pandemic has proven that that's not the case. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. We had yeah. a pretty good <laughs> the irrational level of self-interest at the expense of people's own health and the health of people around them is pretty evident. So, I mean, if we're going into a fictionalized world where zombies exist, can I at least have my fictionalized some people are not dicks scenario. <laughs> the, the, I don't want to wear a mask. It makes it, yeah. it's a little yeah. bit uncomfortable. So y'all are going to turn into zombies now. That's a pretty big ask to have to have, give you a world where everyone is ethical. <laughs> I said some people are not dicks. And that's not the same thing as everyone's ethical. Okay. Cause I, I, you know, what Josh mentioned, I was just kind of thinking as well before he mentioned it was there are going to be other people who have the same idea who are going to, you know, say, let's get up to that glass enshrined um house on the hill and the, there's going to be ways or steal my damn cruise ship yeah and yeah <laughs> people that yeah that take the motorboat out to the cruise ship because they see it sit out there and think it's safe um who are going to end up you know deciding that their life is more valuable than your life and they're going to do everything in their power to take what little comfort you have for themselves don't they know who i am who the hell do you think you are zombies aren't assholes <laughs> join join us People, people, people are horrible. <laughs> and, <laughs> Join the zombies, zombies. We just, we just want some brains, and we're cool. that, that's it. Yeah, yeah no cookies. ulterior motives. That's true, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Is it, it okay? So, to move to the next thing here, you know, when we have this roving band of marauders that shows up in in every show, mm -hmm. um, the there's always this question of 
you're supposed to be the good guys, right? Like we'll call it Kelly's crew. Kelly's crew is the good guys. And when these other people show up and try and take everything from them, Kelly's crew is now faced with a lot of hard decisions. Um, in order to protect yourself, are you willing to murder other humans, right? Like what ethical boundaries are you willing to push to maintain this survival? Hmm. Well, I already know that I couldn't stay vegan. That's just not reasonable. <laughs> and, you know, maybe I, on my way to the Vista house, raid a French bakery on the way. Um, <laughs> that would be, and just kind of like sit there with a loaf of bread and some butter and just like, it's ethics don't matter anymore. I'm okay, going well, to eat the butter. As a human, would, we'll get all Donner's pass here. If the only thing you had to eat was the body of another human, would you be willing to do that? And at that point, are you any different than a zombie? I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Well, no, I mean, it, like, it, let's look at the actual Donner Party. They weren't killing people to eat them. They were eating the people who already died. And there's so other you, cases, So you would too. do that? I, I could see a scenario in which I... Would be able i don't think i would do it like now when i'm comfortable but <laughs> but when i'm like actively choosing to to survive if i am forced this is the only way in which i can sustain my own life i might i might be that desperate mm. i actually went to the museum of cannibalism this weekend there is such a thing <laughs> we weren't yeah. joking about Rob being our uh, apocalypse <laughs> oh. aficionado yeah i didn't know it existed until i was uh, there um and, uh, you know, and, and pretty much what I came away from that experience is that you would have to, inevitably you would have to, and every, most of us, if not all of us would, because our survival instinct is so strong that we can rationalize, you know, this is meat is meat. And it doesn't matter what the source is at this point, if I don't eat it, I'll die. So, and that's what you, when you read the testimonies from people that engaged in cannibalism, they all, they were all very ethically comfortable with it. So mm. what, what choice did I have? You know, they, again, they're not killing people, although there are instances where um, they were killing people. I mean, Donner maybe waited for people to die, but there are instances of people that were, you know, on the ships, whaling ships that, that you know, capsized at sea or whatever, and they find themselves on a raft. And at some point they say, look, we're going to have to kill the cabin boy. You know, the the story of the um, soccer team that um, had yeah. the plane crash in the Andes, they ended up yeah. having to resort to eat human flesh. Yeah, yeah, and, and, they, and and I saw interviews with them at that museum, and they were all none of them were like, "Oh my God, I'm traumatized. I'll never be." So they were all like, "Hey, I did what I did. I had." To yeah, do. and the families of the people who were consumed were incredibly understanding that it was literally about survival. Yeah. It was um, a choice that no one should ever have to be put into. But like, what are you going to do? Die on principle? But I think the situation you find yourself in is like the folks on the raft, or you run out of beans, and then you're like. Now we, someone has to die for us to survive. We can't just wait till someone does. Like we, some, we're gonna have to draw straws. That was the most common way to determine the situation. So we're gonna have to draw straws and whoever gets the short straw, they're just gonna have to sacrifice themselves. So you may find yourself in that situation as well. Yeah, true, true story. I got stuck in an elevator one time with two of my friends and um, it had been about an hour and we only had one Snickers bar. So needless to say, things were getting dire. <laughs> and so uh, the, two, the two smaller of us started looking at the bigger one. 
<laughs> and uh, you know, in my head, I was like, okay, I can take the other small, I can take the other small friend, but I don't know if I can take the big one by myself. Mm-hmm. So we were we were sizing him up. We were ready to we were ready to go to town, survival of the fittest. I mean, we might have been stuck in there for at least like six hours. And I mean, yeah, that's I get you it. Two, you miss two meals, <laughs> lunch and dinner. At, that at a certain at a certain point, you know, you got to do what you got to do. You know, the standard the standard that a lot of those folks used who had to make that choice. I know we're a little off topic, but you know, um, was and again, I guess it's an ethical. I mean, they're trying to maintain some ethical standard here of who would be missed. Right was their standard of, you know, if we get rescued, which of us has a family waiting for us when we get back, mm-hmm. with children waiting for us when we get back, and you know, so they would, again, the example I mentioned briefly earlier, they, you know, they would have these cabin boys on these ships that were, you know, that they took from orphanages to work on these ships, and when these cabin boys survive, they're like, look, dude, no one's gonna miss you, <laughs> you're an orphan. Wow. I mean, that's just, you know, I got a kid at home or a wife at home. You're not, we're not eating me because we might survive and they, they need me. So uh, this is the cannibal trolley problem. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but the I, trolley's I, I'm full of cannibals. <laughs> but so I actually, I think this is an interesting question because if, you know, Kelly is trying to maintain her humanity, what does that mean to be human versus a zombie with the lizard brain? If it doesn't include things like morality or things like ethical standards or, you know, or quality of life, like at the point where you're going to you're admitting like it's going to be a crappy quality of life and I'm willing to give up, you know, these types of uh, ethical standards that I that I that generally I would hold on to or like how much do you give up before you're really just a zombie anyways? Well, I think that there's a whole different set of ethical standards that I would adopt. I would abandon ones that I currently carry with me, but I would also be making decisions about who it is reasonable to maybe consume if I had to, or who it would be reasonable to kill if I had to. Those are questions I don't have to answer now. I have a different set of ethics altogether. All right, Kelly. So the real question is you, me, and human Rob are are trapped in a building and we can't leave because there's a horde of zombies outside. Which one of us do we eat? Obviously you. <laughs> no. yeah, so, so okay, but then when I'm gone, what are you going to do about Rob? Rob's a big guy. I think Rob and I could cooperate. Yeah, I mean, we could we could live off of you for a little while. <laughs> I did gain weight. I did gain weight over the quarantine. I I, I will yeah. be a juicy meal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just went to Costco to stock up on my uh, apocalypse rations. So I've I've downed like half of a half of a thing of muffins in the last two days. <laughs> the, the number one apocalypse food is Costco muffins. Muffins and beans. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't like, don't understate the importance of beans. They are. I like, I like a good bean. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> See, and he, you know, the, this question at the beginning of why would you choose to be a zombie? I have, I don't deal with any of these ethical quandaries at all i'm not like who do i zombify that you know this guy looks like you know his family depends on him we should keep him alive and there's the orphan boy or you know should i should i zombify someone um is it the ethical thing to do i as a zombie i have because we made me dumb which is great (laughs) is um there's no reasoning at all right i just i again it's the the vegetative part of my brain just saying survive and there is no, like, I don't zombify some child and then go back to my zombie lair. I think zombies live in lairs. 
Um, <laughs> you know, sit there with my head in my hand going, God, that was just a, a little kid. I can't believe, you know, he had had so much life ahead of him and I'm such an asshole for zombifying him. I just go back and I'm like, brains. And then asleep, I guess, do zombies sleep? I'm guessing they do. I don't think they do. So, yeah, so I don't, the, you know, the zombie has no ethical, you know, there is no, like, I'm having some sort of crisis as a zombie. I'm just zombieing. So, okay, but on but on that, there's there's an obligatory scene in every zombie movie where you've got usually the old guy, mm-hmm. and they get bit, and they've got that little period of time, and yeah. they tell everybody they're like, I don't want to become a zombie because I know that there's the potential I end up biting somebody I love mm-hmm. who's trying to remain human. So just just shoot me, right? Mm-hmm. So. What about when you when you're presented this choice in the first place, Rob, and you're still a human? Uh-huh. You know, you know that taking this choice means that there's a chance that you end up zombifying your family or your friends, and maybe they maybe they were trying to survive. Maybe you know, maybe you're next to Kelly, and Kelly's like, "Hey, I'm trying to hold on to my humanity." And yeah. when you take that choice, you don't think you have an obligation to other people who are trying to remain human? No, I don't. Um, because I think you know if we have to assume there's some warning here. Like I'm making a choice. I'm not just like, Hey Rob, do you want to be a zombie? I'm like, hell yeah. Right. There's obviously I know what's coming Like this. You're going to, you can be a zombie or you cannot be, it's going to be a zombie apocalypse. Hmm. So no, no, do I I know? Cause I, I would trust that Kelly would run away from me and is up in her, her cabin in the woods. And I don't think my children are going to be standing right next to me when I'm zombieing around. Right. So the odds of me zombifying someone who I love dearly, pretty slim. Um, and I will I zombify random strangers who probably don't deserve to be zombified. Yes, but I'm a zombie. I don't care. Right. I'll <laughs> his brains again. No, no, no ethical concern at all from my perspective. So, yeah, no, I would. No. So you don't have like you don't have a concern about your current ethics and the future impact of your choices. Like, I don't want anything that I do in life or after my death to adversely affect people, but you mm. don't care. No, not in this situation. When the alternative is to to spend the rest of my very short remaining life running around trying to survive, I, I think I'm ready just to end it and repercussions be damned. I mean, these people are going to be zombified, right? It's not, it's not like I'm the only one, right? Um, I'm the zombie of the zombie apocalypse. Um, and therefore I'm the, you know, I mean, there's going to be thousands, if not millions. Um, I guess I'm participating in it, but, you know, I mean. This, this kind of reminds me, there, there was an episode of the Twilight Zone. Uh, I think it was called uh, Button, like Button Button. And it was based on a, a short story. Uh, I think called the box. And basically what happens is, um, you know, somebody you're brought a box with a button, which is why in one case it's called the box and the other case it's called the button. It's pretty self-explanatory. Um, and they say, you're going to get, you know, some absurd amount of money if you push the button, but somebody somewhere who you don't know is going to die. And uh, the, the protagonist, I guess, protagonist in the story, arguably ends up pushing the button, gets the money, super wealthy, you know, and then this original, you know, mysterious person who offered them the box comes to them at the end of the episode, takes the box away. And they ask him, they say, okay, where, where are you going? And he replies, he says, 
I'm going to give this box to somebody you don't know. Yeah. There was, there was a, there was a movie too. Pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, it reminds me kind of the same thing, you know, like yeah, you're, you're, you're justifying your decision here by saying like, ah, I don't know these people. So whatever, yeah. zombify them. Yeah. yeah. And they had some of my zombify can zombify someone I love. And it's, I guess my fault, but, um, but, but you don't know anymore. I'm, just, I'm playing the math here. And then the math is telling me that everyone eventually is going to get zombified um, unless they kill themselves first. Um, and so I, I, I just, I think the odds of me being the one who zombifies someone I love is, is pretty slim. And does, I guess that means, then again, I'm an ethicist by trade. So this sounds really weird when I make these arguments. Um, but, <laughs> uh yeah, I guess I'm, you know, I'm saying that the life of the people that matter to me is more important than every other life because I don't care if I zombify a stranger. Mm. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. What do you think we owe others ethically that we don't actually like care about in our day-to-day lives? What do we owe other people? Well, I think like what you said before, the pandemic has, has definitely, you know, whether it's right or wrong has shown us what people believe about that. And uh, most people believe we don't know anybody, anything. That's their beliefs. But like, what, what do we actually owe each other? Because I take steps to be responsible in regards of how I treat people I don't know. And I know a lot of other people feel the same way. There's, you know, the small group of people who don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, do I, do I answer that from my personal perspective or from the zombie perspective? Yeah. Either one. I mean, what I teach in my classes is that we are completely, totally ethical, ethically responsible for those people, and we should treat them the way they want to be treated. And in most instances, the way those people would want to be treated is, please don't turn me into a zombie. Um, so, except the, for Rob, the guy sitting in his office right now that's not worried about becoming a zombie um, would say, "Yeah, I, just, it's I should." Not even I shouldn't even operate from the assumption that my children or the other people that are close to me are more important than strangers. I should treat strangers with the same level of of kindness that I treat the people that I consider close to me. But Mm. with the zombie apocalypse approaching, my you know you're you're willing to forego some of your your morals. Um, I'm willing to forego some of mine um, because the situation is incredibly unique. Well, and and another really interesting variable I think that that changes from zombie story to zombie story is the existence and or hope for a cure right to me that that changes a lot so if there is the potential for a cure i think that everybody has an obligation to try to extend their life as long as possible it's sort of like it's like herd immunity mm-hmm. for the covid um, but for zombies the more of us that are not zombies the longer everybody lives and if mm-hmm. if there is the potential for a cure eventually that means that there will be more people around to receive that cure mm-hmm. once it's discovered or, you know, once we find X random person with the mutation that makes them immune to zombies, I think that's pretty much how it always goes. Right. And then mm-hmm. we extract their blood and, you know, extrapolate a cure from that. I think that that, that puts a more of an ethical obligation on you to try to live as a human as long as possible. I don't know about, is there an ethical obligation to live? that's a whole different question. Well, because then you, oh, 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 sorry, to live as a human, to live as a human for as long as possible. Well, no, but I I guess like if it does have some direct link to the results of ending zombies, but in and of itself, there's no like ethical obligation to live, right? 
Mm-hmm. And the, the, what makes it hard is, is with all like what Rob was saying, no electricity, probably no radio, no way of communicating. So even if there is a cure out there, you, you won't know if there is or not. So when you're making this decision, it's like, okay, I want to become a, let's say I want to become a zombie, like, fuck this. I'm out. This is miserable. I want to be a zombie, but maybe somewhere potentially there is a cure. So should I carry on for the sake of everybody else or Maybe there's no cure. Maybe there'll never be a cure. And I'm just being miserable for no reason. See, I'm a pessimist here. I think the zombies are going to win overwhelmingly. So mm. um, I don't I don't hold out hope for that random scientist in that laboratory that has no electricity. Um, <laughs> <laughs> discovering a cure and disseminating the cure to um, a billion plus people worldwide. So and once we discover the first cure, then there's the Delta variant zombie that comes out. Yeah, you need your you need your booster zombie <laughs> cure, and uh, and some people just refuse to get it because they think there's a microchip in it. Um, so, <laughs> so the zombies yeah. will track you. That's how yes. they're gonna find. That's how they're gonna find Kelly up on her mountain. Yes, exactly. With the, the with the five G. You're not helping me feel confident in my choices right now. <laughs> I told you, cruise ship, cruise ship. It's the way. I don't know. I've been on a cruise. Yeah. I get seasick too, man. I, yeah, oh. I don't know if I, I don't know if I, yeah, a, a lifetime of seasickness might be worse than being a zombie. No, I don't how I don't hold out hope. I have to operate on the assumption that this is that the zombies are going to win this this war. Mm. That's what drives my decision. I mean, if if we introduced some hope of salvation into the equation, it would probably affect my answer. But I still I just don't buy that that hope. I don't think it. it we're talking an apocalypse. Mm apocalypse not as you know as a small strain of zombieism right right the you know and again we know how zombies replicate you know that's it's very easy and very quick but it also requires direct contact so isn't there a possibility considering i don't know how many gun owners there are in america but yeah. like there is like strength in numbers and people yeah. do have a lot of bullets yeah isn't there a possibility that there will be enough people who take up arms and just, you know, headshot, 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 and it's so over. Video, video game world. Uh, hey, yeah. uh, hey, we're <laughs> no, talking no. about all kinds of worlds right now. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. No, and that is, that is the dominant zombie world and, and the video game community, the ability to, to pick, pick them off. I don't know if I'd want to live in that world either, honestly, where, like, in order to survive, I have to hide from a marauding horde of zombies and a bunch of rednecks with guns running around shooting them. <laughs> <laughs> sounds kind of bad. Sounds kind of bad, too, honestly. I'm the hootinest, tootinest, shootinest, bobtail wildcat in the West. You know, I read an article that talked about the, the likely lifespan of zombies, right? Because they're not vampires. They're not eternal. Yeah, and, they kind of like decay and stuff. Exactly, and they and they broke down. Um, you know how fast would a would a dead body, even if it was like, let's give them some, you know, um, leeway for for being reanimated, but the the speed at which they would decay, they're like, if you could survive a month or two, they'd pretty much all be gone. They they just would cease to function. Um, you know, they would degrade to the point that they're just like piles of flesh and bone on the ground. My bean plan is looking pretty viable if it's only a month or two. <laughs> that um, clean that cleanup would be horrible though. So I'm here's here's of- my <laughs> here's my uh little anti-humanist rant. Um I might be team zombie for weird reasons and that is I think that humans are the zombies of earth. 
Like we have destroyed the environment. Thousands of species have gone extinct because of our existence. Like we are unsustainable. We procreate in a, in a way like zombies. We look at something and it dies. We build a building here. We build a street here. We dump toxic pollution here. I almost think a zombie apocalypse would be the best thing for planet earth. Just start over again. Let's have the Jurassic age, you know, get rid of the humans. Everybody turns into a zombie. Two months later, we're all rotting piles of flesh. And then we turn into a jungle and everything is fine. So there's no way in which the world can improve and there can also be people on it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you see a way, but it's not looking good. We just lower the birth rate. (laughs) Like (laughs) ultimately we can get the population growth to either uh, invert or just be low enough that there aren't an additional strain on resources that we're seeing right now. I think it's possible that people can like, I may be an idealist. Okay. Maybe that's what this is exposing right now, but I think that there are enough ways in which there could be people on this planet and the planet could be like um, repaired. I guess. You, you want to know a really good way to lower the birth rate? Yeah. It Z- becomes zombie zombies. Apocalypse. Sure. Zombies. <laughs> zombie apocalypse. I promise you that will invert the birth rate. See my see my choice now is the more ethical choice because I'm engaging in a depopulation program. Um, by being a zombie, I am <laughs> getting rid of a pro Getting rid of the, the the slowest and weakest, so that when you come down from the mountain, um, you're getting you are... dangerously close to eugenics. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a zombie. I don't have ethics. Yes, Rob is incapable of morality and ethics. <laughs> yes. Um, All right. Because I'm, I'm a zombie. Um, well, you know, Halloween's coming up. If there is going to be a zombie apocalypse, we'll find out probably this weekend. Um, yeah. But <laughs> they time them around holidays. That's true. <laughs> yes. yes. Everybody's going to get the chance to make this choice for themselves. Um, Rob, you have any? You have any closing zombie thoughts? No, I'm I, I'm still firm in my decision. Even though I, I understand the ethical implications of zombifying other people, I would have that nice meal that I promised myself, and then just take the leap into zombie dumb and let the chips fall where they may. And if I am unethical, it's only for a couple months, according to your uh, <laughs> decomposition math. So uh, I apologize in advance for being an asshole those few months. Um, <laughs> Anybody I might bite. Yes, if you're out there listening and I bite you, nothing personal. My bad. Um, I, I, it's my vegetative uh, part of my brain is is operating at full capacity. So, <laughs> um, Kelly, you got anything? Look, I live in the area where we're just waiting for the Cascadia subduction zone earthquake to happen. So my like survival kit is already pretty well stocked for that kind of disaster. If I need to ride out something for two months, I got enough beans. I got enough re- rechargeable batteries for my phone. I've got flashlights. I've got everything I need. I just need to stock up on water. I don't have very much right now. Um, <laughs> I will, I will do that. I bet I'm doing that anyway. So if that's what it really comes down to, I think that I could like write out a very brief, unpleasant period. Maybe it's a prolonged unpleasant period, but ultimately I think it'll be worth surviving. And I fully intend to. And there we have it. I guess the only thing left is for you, our listeners to decide, are you team human? or Team Zombie. Whichever one you choose, we hope you have a fantastic Halloween.